Are you a prospective college athlete or the parent of one? Well, then look no further than Gold Standard Athletes to give your child or yourself the best edge in the recruiting process. Gold Standard Athletes not only preps you for the recruiting process, but helps you look the part. With amazing merchandise and great recruiting tips, protein drinks, and more, and their monthly boxes that they give out to their athletes, Gold Standard Athletes sets you up to do your best. They are, without a doubt, the best in the business to get you recruited, to get you found straight out of high school, and get you chasing your dreams. So if you're a prospective college athlete and you want to chase your dreams, go to GoStandardsAthletes.com to purchase yourself a box of recruiting tips, protein drinks, merchandise, and more to help you not only look the part, but fit the part. Go to GoStandardAthletes.com to fit the part and be your best self. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is a quarterback whiz. He is a mastermind for the quarterback position and football in general. He's a former guest on this show, and he rejoins the show to talk about quarterback play, quarterback injuries, and a lot of other hot topics in the NFL currently. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Ken Mastroli. Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on again. So kind of diving right into it. This year has been an unprecedented year for quarterback injuries. Why do you feel this is happening? I think it's kind of a freak year. I mean, people can argue it's overtraining or, you know, I mean, I, I think just generally the players are getting bigger, stronger, and faster. And, um, I mean, it's just, you know, it's long seasons and, um, you know, there's a lot. I mean, football's a year-round sport, even with these NFL guys. But I think it's kind of a freak year a little bit. Um, it's going to happen. And, um, you know, the game's evolved a little bit. But I think for the most part, like I said, it's just kind of one of those years. Now, one, um, and it's a bad, I guess, bad perspective on it is with starters getting injured, it does open opportunities for backups to get a chance to shine. How do you feel this kind of affects teams for the long haul in the sense of if these injuries keep happening, do you think they'll get more capable and starter-level backups, similar to the situation Carson Wentz and Nick Foles were in for the past few years before Foles ended up in Jacksonville? Yeah, I, I do. But the problem is, is like, you know, Donna, I mean, as much as guys are being asked to be ready early, I mean, you look at still NFL teams that carry two guys on a roster and then the third's on a practice squad. So, you know, as much as you can go to all these camps and all these trainings and everything else, I mean, nothing substitutes being under, you know, live pressure and just being in the game. I mean, that's, you can't you can't simulate those reps. I don't care how much, like, you know, virtual reality that you do. Those are all helpful things. But, um, you know, your, your rope is so kind of, your leash is so short in the NFL if you're not a guy that's, like, it's really driven by money. So if you're a quarterback that scores a big contract, you have a little bit more of a, a leeway, you can screw up, and they're not quick to pull the plug on you. Or some of these other guys just like physically gifted and they've got so much money into them, they're going to wait. But I think, you know, if they could add another roster spot and allow for a third guy and even give them an opportunity, it's like some of these leagues like the XFL or, you know, they tried the spring football league, but um, I think those guys just need reps. I mean, it's a, it's a quick, like I said, gone to the days of like Peyton Manning going in this first season and throwing an NFL record uh, interceptions, but, you know, everybody stuck with them. They didn't pull the plug on him. Nowadays, the guy has one bad game his first game as a rookie, and you know, the media is, is kind of makes it a bigger deal than it really is. Mm-hmm. 
Now, it has opened opportunities, as I did say, for younger quarterbacks. And one of those happens to be a guy you are very familiar with and have worked with in the past. That is Gardner Minshew. How do you feel that he is prepped for this new starting role that he's in currently? I'd say probably one of the best, or if not the best, I've ever had in terms of like, I mean, I've had like Teddy Bridgewater who was ready to go, you know, his first year, but there are some things maybe that you know, he wasn't used to or kind of new to him. Um, I had EJ Manuel in the first round, and I thought as mentally, you know, he was good, but there were a lot of little things, and, and team-wise too, you know, that makes a big difference. So for Gardner, he's just mentally, he's ready, and mentally by the meaning like, he understands the game, and, and people don't get a chance to look inside. Like, the biggest things that are hard for um, an NFL rookie quarterback is like, okay, once you got to know all the protections and the plays and then a little adjustment, but it's also the protection and really understanding the running game checks, so really understanding kind of like different fronts and situations, and that kind of stems back for these guys that play in these air raid systems and they play in these, um, they play in these quick offenses like the spread. They don't teach you that I mean, it's more about throwing to space, and you're throwing the ball a lot. You know, when you get at the NFL level, it's it's a chess match. I mean, you've got best player versus best player, All-American in college, All-American across the ball. And um, you got to find your matchup differences and your numbers and your leverage. And there's a lot going on at the Ascor rookie. But I do think absolutely he's shown in the last, you know, two games that he's played, three games, that he's, he's more than ready to step in there and, and compete as a starting guy. Now, Gardner was someone I was high on coming out of college, but I did feel, you know, where he landed obviously was going to dictate his success. And Nick Foles going down, although unfortunate, gives him a prime opportunity to show his caliber on and off the field as he has become sort of something of a polarizing figure in the past two weeks. Why do you think that is, and how do you feel he'll handle the newfound attention? As far as Gardner getting the new attention, you're saying? Yes, yeah, I think he handles it well. I mean, he comes from a down. I mean, I've known him for four years. So I got him, like, before he was a starter at East Carolina. came to me. I've gotten to know him. He's lived with me for, you know, some guys, they just come in for three, four days for certain guys, and they think they know him. I mean, it's too hard to get to know somebody then. That guy's, you know, stayed with me for a couple of weeks before. I mean, we've had a significant amount of time kind of, you know, interacting, being around and social, you know, socially. So knowing him... He's a pretty humble guy. I mean, obviously, he's a great. He's great for marketing in a positive light. Uh, the whole thing with the mustache and the things that he's doing, you know. But uh, knowing Gardner and the family background that he's come from, he's just taking it all kind of, you know, in and having fun with it. But it's not something that's going to affect him overall. Now, some of the other quarterbacks you did mention, Teddy Bridgewater, um, you've worked with in the past and everything. How do you feel Teddy is going to be able to fill in for Drew Brees and keep the Saints' offense afloat? Yeah, I mean, I think for a system that you're going and stepping into, Teddy's a vet. You know, it's not like he's first or second year in the league. He's a smart guy. He's been in the starting position before. Just unfortunately, injuries and things can change so quickly in the game. But he's playing for one of the best, arguably the best offensive minds team around him. I think they'll do well. You know, there's probably some parts and pieces that um, um, you know maybe lacking a little bit. They've got you know a good running back committee and. And they lost Mark Ingram, but I think overall, his anticipation, timing, quick beat, ability that he's played in the, in the NFL for so long, and he is a smart quarterback, he'll be just fine. You know, it doesn't mean they're going to win games, but I think he'll hold his own and, and play like a, a starter should. Now, as someone who's very familiar with 
um, the mechanics and everything about being a quarterback and the mental and physical side of it. Why do you feel that this year Cam Newton has struggled so much? Obviously, everything's coming out that he had an injury and everything in the last in the start of the season and Kyle Allen's starting for him. But why do you feel he's struggling? And even at the end of last year, what is is it a mental issue or is it a mechanical issue or is it truly just he's injured and he's not taking the time to rehab? I don't know, it's hard to kind of say. I mean, I think that gosh, if I was going to be a guessing guy, because I'm not in the meeting rooms, locker rooms, you know, I might be way, way off. But the one thing I'd say is even though Cam's been in the league for quite some time, I think as much as he dials it in, sometimes maybe the outside life a little bit with the NFL, it's so hard week to week. So a combination maybe is he isn't 100% right. Two is, you know, there's some probably things that he does accuracy-wise and timing-wise. I mean, I think there's, I think you can't put your finger on one thing with him. It's, it's, a, it's a multitude of things. So in order for, you know, somebody without being in there every second of the day and being that quarterback coach should be able to tell you exactly what it is. It could be personnel. It could be a couple bad breaks. Um, I've always been a thing with Cam where I think he needs to kind of mentally just dial in a little bit more. I think he, he lets the, the limelight a little bit where he's, you know, his brand kind of still creep up on him where that'll happen. I think you just got to take it all compartmentalize it better. Now, how do you feel if Kyle Allen comes in and, you know, the Panthers have been struggling, and I know it is true for a lot of these backup quarterback situations, aside from Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater, because Brees will be back soon and or within the next few weeks, and Brees is a legend, but in Minshew's situation and um, Kyle Allen's situation and even Mason Rudolph's down the line, of these backup quarterbacks, who do you feel has the best situation and skill set to potentially become the new starter of their team? Oh, I would say probably, I mean, maybe Mason Rudolph. I think it may be tough for Gardner. I mean, it just depends. But if you're, if you're just asking me to guess, maybe a Mason Rudolph. I mean, I think Gardner could do it, but again, Nick Foles is a guy that's going to come back from broken collarbone. But again, you know, both those guys have, you know, had to have surgery where somebody like Breeze, he's going to have surgery, you know, on his thumb and Bridgewater. Like, I would say probably Mason, and not because he's a better quarterback than Gardner or any of those guys. It's just maybe, you know, they might, they might go on a run a little bit more. Who knows? So if you, but the thing to answer the overall question, it's like, which quarterback is kind of taking this team? To kind of the hottest kind of run and playing the best, obviously, I think that's going to be the hardest one to make the switch. Because I mean, you can't. How do you change a guy out, even if it's injury? If you're on a roll and one of those guys enter and you're going into the playoffs, you know, you as a coach, you don't want to, you don't want to lose that hot hand. But if one of those teams are, you know, fifty fifty win loss percentage, I think then you make the switch and you bring the starter back. That's especially something that I feel reigns true with the Carolina Panthers situation is Kyle Allen came in last year, and he did play very well. And if he is able to kind of play solid football and potentially get a win, I think that, especially not knowing the longevity of Newton's injury, he may be given a little bit of time. I do feel in that situation they're a little more tied down to Cam, but especially, as you said, I think Mason Rudolph and Gardner Minshew have the most capability to uproot their starting quarterback. Um, I do think Big Ben's getting older, and this is a serious injury that's going to keep him out for a long period of time, and if he plays really well, they may just decide, similar to the Lamar Jackson-Joe Flacco thing, to trade him to another team that could use him for a year or two, and then eventually... 
hand him off. And with the Gardner Minshew Nick Foles thing, I think Minshew, on the other hand, compared to Rudolph, as I've mentioned already, is polarizing. And if the Jacksonville Jaguars fan base truly attaches to him and he can be an electric quarterback, I do believe that he may be in a position to uproot uproot Foles, although they did just tie a lot of money to him, but it's obviously things that remain to be seen based on whatever happens and how all the cards fall. Um, Now, looking ahead a little bit into this year's draft class, there are some really talented quarterbacks next year as well, but this year you have Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm, and that's among others. There's some clear-cut guys who can be franchise quarterbacks, similar to the Darnold, Lamar Jackson, um... Baker Mayfield draft from a few years ago. Of those guys so far, with not a lot of time to examine them, who do you feel is most prepared to be a NFL caliber quarterback at this time? I think probably from. I mean, I want to say too, he's talented in every season what he's throwing up. But I think like Fromm's been in those NFL kind of offenses. He's had different coordinators that come through Georgia. He's doing well. I know. Um, I know James Coley is the OC. Um, the uh, the OC that they had before him, you know, they really like teach you kind of like the fundamentals of the game and things like that in terms of like run checks, like I spoke about protections, numbers. Um, you know, as much as I like Justin Herbert, I feel like everybody falls in love with his size and a different offense. I, I kind of question sometimes his his ability to be consistent over a sixteen plus game season, where from is kind of a smart guy. He's you know, it's like he wins. You know, I think people overlook sometimes they see the physical traits and they get enamored by the, you know, the powerful arm or the fast 40 or the fast shuttle time where I'll take a guy that's going to win, you know, consistently in some of the toughest situations. And uh, that's kind of the guy I want on my team that's accurate and can win. I mean, those are two of the. And if I get around him enough and I know he's competitive and he kind of lifts up the team, you know, I think that's the biggest thing because in all these NFL locker rooms, you know, you deal with drama and things that the media doesn't really get to see and the things that the insiders hear more about that don't get leaked out. Um, I think it takes a guy that's going to, like, rally the team. It's, it's super important. So accuracy, you know, toughness, competitiveness, and then obviously that leadership, that glue inside the locker room. And I completely agree on that one, actually. Jake Fromm is a guy who I've kind of been enamored with since he took over the starting job at Georgia a few years ago. I think he's more well-rounded than Herbert. I think Herbert has the skill set, but as you said, he's very inconsistent, and he's playing for a team that hasn't faced as high-level competition as Fromm has. Fromm has faced SEC defenses, and he's faced Alabama multiple times and been able to hold his own, and... Tua Tagovailoa, on the other hand, with the SEC defenses, has kind of, and it's hard to say this as they've been a playoff team for the last few years, he, last year against Georgia, kind of looked rattled. And that's where I think that Fromm is a leader and he's not really rattled, and especially this year getting a little more experience. I feel like he'll come out and be the most well-rounded quarterback of the three. And although I think Tagovailoa, like you said, is flashy and Herbert's got the size and the NFL, you know, makeup, I do think Fromm is leader and I think he could be a very talented quarterback and potentially the best of those three and saying this now multiple months in advance. Um, yeah, I agree. Now as the NFL draft, obviously far way out, but 
Um, are there any guys you're starting to get to get a feel of that you could potentially work with and and however much you're allowed to disclose or anything and potentially be guys that you have on your radar as guys who are going to be overlooked and that the media is not really giving it much, as much attention to? Yeah. I mean, there's some guys that I like, obviously. I mean, I think there's guys that I can help and knowing that the program that we do at the um, XNFL or current, you know, that are just out of work. Um, NFL coaches that we team up with our cornerbacks, former NFL players that we bring in for, like, the X's and O's and then when I'm teaching, on top of, like, all the 3D motion that we're doing to make players better. I mean, it's just, like, it's, it's proven when we send a... Um, when we send the tape to a player, we show a before and after of players that we currently work with and just the changes in mechanics and balance and posture and the numbers that they see. So the guys that like, I really like, I mean, I, and then again, I haven't had any conversations with Joe Burrows from LSU. I like him, obviously from um, Herbert I like. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get a shot at Tua. May, you know, may go with a big, who knows what agents and things like that or have connections. But uh, I think some of the other players I really like is the Riley Neal kid from Vanderbilt. Been a little tough for him to show, um, based on kind of you know playing in a tough SEC first couple of games. Uh, I like those guys, and then um, you know as we go through the season, I'll kind of probably talk to to a few guys. There'll be some agents or some friends or some scouts that recommend some guys to me. Now, as you're seeing a lot of guys like especially Gardner that you've worked with see a lot of success. Do you feel that that will be able to boost um, your personal brand in the sense of you'll be able to help more quarterbacks become polarizing on on the field and continue to progress their games as well? Yeah, I do. I, I think there's no knock on the other coaches, but if you ask a guy like Gardner or Trace McSorley or um, any of these other guys, like, okay, you've been to a couple of these other people, some of the guys have, how do I compare to you know, so-and-so, and I think the package that, you know, I've put together, the team I have, um, is second to none. I mean, we've had a quarterback in the Senior Bowl the last seven years, the NFL Combine the last seven years, and just, you know, giving the proving numbers. I don't know if there's anybody in the country other than um, Tom House who really doesn't do Combine training and who works with Brady and Breeze, and I don't think any other quarterback coach can show a quarterback numbers where they're physically going to get better with that to happen work or lead time velocity there's a lot of things we're doing science wise and then on top of the, the easy football part of it now a guy like you just mentioned trace mcsorley who's not really getting his shot right now in baltimore as lamar jackson is tearing it up and had such a great start how do you feel he'll be able to provide the team value in other ways maybe even similar to like a Taysom hill role and as someone who knows him and knows what he's capable of? Um, I think he's a great fit, you know, because going into the draft, no, everybody that I spoke to said he's going to be an undrafted free agent just based on inconsistencies and things. And then supposedly the feedback I got from the Ravens. That was a positive here than to get drafted by them. Um, I think Trace is going to end up being just like, kind of like the quarterback down there at uh, New Orleans.
have gotten a chance to work with a lot of quarterbacks and see different things mentally and physically. I've touched on it on the show multiple times about what happened with Andrew Luck. How do you feel that that takes a, um, not a physical beating, but a mental beating on a quarterback by physically having to endure so much? How do I feel about that? Or Yeah. I'm, I lost. I just, I think it's tough. I think uh, people don't understand it. They look at the money, but Andrew Luck's been a guy that's been in football his whole life with his dad. And, you know, being around the game um, was it probably a really tough decision to do it at that time of the year. It's gotten a lot of criticism for it. You know, I can kind of see both sides of it. It's tough. I don't try to side on the, you know, everybody's kind of like, oh, it's, everything's okay. Uh, I'm on like a little bit more of the tougher side of the critics, but for him, um, you know, it's just something that maybe he just nagging injuries. I don't think he's he's he just quit on the team. It was just injuries. And I think the game is tough. I mean, you're you're playing at the highest level each year, and um, if you're not used to operating at that high level, and you're such a competitor, you wouldn't under, you know, if you weren't that competitive, you wouldn't understand. But guys that just operate at the high level, they're so competitive. They, you know, they live and die for the game. I think when you can't go 100%, it's, it's, it becomes very frustrating, very taxing on you, and that's probably, that's obviously what he's just been experiencing. Now, obviously, you retired now, and he was one of the top quarterbacks in football. If you had to give me three names at this point in time, who do you feel are the top three quarterbacks in the game at this moment? Well, I mean, obviously, everybody's got to go with, like, Patrick Mahomes, but I'm not going to put him first. Not great. So, I mean, what he does for the team and the system, I'd say Brady. I'd probably say Mahomes. And then it's it's going to be hard to argue, you know, a uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's just, you know, the top three guys. I mean, you could put Russell Wilson right there um, and kind of what he's done with that team. But, you know, i got to go with Rodgers and kind of what he brings to the table. And is there anything else you have been working on with the brand, you know, with science and all the stuff that you'd like to mention as, you know, big developments and things with your form of coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think there's more we're bringing back, like um, some of these competitions and some of these evaluations for high school kids where I hear that, you know, the quarterback position is kind of broken in terms of um, evaluation and sometimes these guys are having a tough time at the collegiate level where you've got young interns trying to evaluate quarterbacks and they're just looking at huddle, you know, huddle film. Um, I'm trying to maybe build that a little bit better in terms of evaluation, getting around guys, understanding that they're only like, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. So there's still much, there's still growing um, in the game, but that's some of the things that we're trying to do better at cutting edge on science, better at training guys, and then also evaluations. Well, Ken, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to come on, talk about, a little bit about the crazy, unprecedented quarterback cycle that's going on right now and talking about everything NFL. So thank you very much for coming on. Um, if I, The floor is yours to plug anything you're working on, you know, website, social media, et cetera. Yeah, no, just catch us at passingcamp.com, pretty simple. And then Ken Mastroli, M-A-S-T-R-O-L-E is the uh, – his Instagram where you can follow us. So uh, now with this South Florida, we had another hopefully great year running quarterbacks and college and pro guys. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you very much, Ken, for taking the time to come on. It was a lot of fun. It's always great talking to you. Hey, thanks for having me.
Once again, I want to thank Ken Mastroli for taking the time to come in Ambitious. It was a lot of fun. If you enjoyed this episode, take a peek at some of our other episodes. And a reminder, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to our podcasts. If you want to check us out on Twitter, it's at AmbitiousWithDP. And on Instagram, it's at AmbitiousPodcast. Have a wonderful night, a wonderful week, and be back next week for another great episode.